hello, 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 guys. I'm Black. He's Jewish, but I'm not above the fourth floor. Um, so that's two out of three. But <laughs> this this podcast is starting as problematic as this episode. And yes. I love it. Um, I just have one question for you, Kaya. Uh, yeah. If you were to choose between a, a drink choice, a rum and Coke, but no ice, or a cold glass of white wine on an empty stomach. What are you choosing and why? Cold glass of white wine on an empty stomach every time. Because <laughs> rum and Coke is already a strong drink, depending on what rum you use. Like I'm sure Logan Roy does not own Malibu rum. No. <laughs> That's the only rum that I really drink like that. But a, rum and, a warm rum and Coke? Ugh. I would die. What I mean, it's a choose? it's a strong drink for for a strong man. Um, <laughs> but I mean, cold glass of white wine on Every an empty time. stomach all the way. I mean, I when I when Greg asked for that, I was just dying because I'm like, like, <laughs> it's like I haven't even heard drink. of yeah, like rum and coke. Like, I don't think I've even heard the phrase rum and coke since like early on in my college days many many years ago at this point so um (laughs) that's why i think it was just like the funniest choice of uh of beverages so Um, freaking funny like i needed that moment because it was a it was a serious episode and 100 between that moment and obviously the the tom humor that's kind of like not even funny oh my god sad (laughs) Yeah, so many things happening in this episode from Tom to to Shiv finally getting a lot of responsibility to probably um, more hiking than I ever thought would be in this series ever. Like if someone told me at the top of uh, this season even that hiking would be a central uh, activity in one of the episodes, I would say, what? And yet- Yeah, uh, hiking in succession in general, it's like, remember when Tom was like on that mountain and they went across like that that like bridge or whatever I'm like yeah sure but not Logan no um and we'll get into all of it but um did you think at any point in this episode that Logan was gonna die no it's too early but I was concerned Mm. I was concerned I was like oh flashbacks to like season one yeah you know yeah I mean, I definitely thought like, I was like, okay, like they're finally raising the stakes. And, you know, just as we spoke about in the beginning um, of the season that, you know, this season, the stakes are higher, you know, we're, we're at least as viewers, we're looking for something big to happen by the end of this season, right? Either Kendall needs to win or Logan needs to win. Otherwise, I honestly feel like this battle's been going on way too long to, to serve the story. Um And when they were hiking, I was like, okay, maybe this is it. Like maybe, you know, like Logan does. You thought there was a chance that he would die. Honestly, I I honestly did. And even though uh, Brian Cox is an absolute force and makes the show incredible, I feel like the chaos that would result from his character dying and all of the siblings having a fight would just take the show to like a new level of intensity and comedy yeah. and all of that. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you think that, like, at some point in this season, Logan does need to go away or? 
I think that this definitely like levels the playing field. I think that's what they were doing because we have all of the siblings on Logan's side right now, right? Mm-hmm. Kendall has nobody. So it's like Logan can't be too strong. Like we need something that is going to invoke doubt, not within just like investors and stuff, but his own like family, you know, even though Roman's joking about it, he has to realize like, oh, you know, that has had health issues and he's getting a bit older. Mm-hmm. Even Shiv, she's trying to hold things down. But at first, can you tell me why Carl hates her? Like, what's going on with that? Like, well, why does Carl? <laughs> yeah, Shiv that I was a little confused him? about um, as well. I mean, it looks like Carl and what's the other guy's name? I'm completely blanking on it. it yeah, yes. Uh, I think so. But anyway, both of them are like tasked by um, Logan to essentially like back channel, you know, to try to figure out what's going on with Stewie, you know, what's going to happen at this, um, shareholders meeting. And I think the hatred towards Shiv comes from the fact that, you know, in many ways, she's like the, the Kendall of this season. If you looked at Kendall's role last season, where he's kind of, you know, his father's puppet, you know, just doing his bidding, Shiv is in that same exact position, except um, she now has to, you know, kind of prove herself to her father. She's the outsider. She hasn't been part of the the Roy empire. And now her father's like, look, you want to be part of this? You want to even be in the running to be, you know, my successor? Okay, cool. I'm going to give you some challenges and you need to knock it out of the park. And what we're seeing with Shiv is she's realizing just how hard it's going to be and that, you know, any kind of task that he gives her, she's going to have to go to bat against somebody. And I think that's why, um, you know, she's having these, these kind of run-ins with people that she originally thought were her friends, um, you know, namely uh, her husband, um, you know, who she has to, you know, say, look, we need you to get Greg, you know, on our side and you need to tell whatever that Raven, you know, Ravens for a guy, you know, who runs the network to start airing stuff against the president. Um, and Wait, Tom, okay, so who is the president in succession? That's a great question. It's never explicitly said who is the president, but based off the fact that, you know, Logan said in previous episodes that, he, you know, he calls the president like an idiot, but they've known each other for a long time. Um, it's very clear that it's basically a representation of Trump, right? Okay, because, yeah, I just needed clarification. Yeah. Because you know what? I tried to... I was watching it on my iPad for the second time earlier, and I, I tried to pause on the scene where he gives his Logan gives his assistant the phone. Is like, do you want to hear an angry president? Or you want to hear how yeah. the president sounds when he gets angry? I'm like trying to zoom in on what he has Trump. been saying. Does I'm like, is it, yeah. is it Donald? Is it Trump? Is it yeah. a nickname? Like, what does it say? Who exactly is the president? But yeah, continue. yeah, and and I don't think they will ever say that it you know, it's Trump. They'll just make different- It's going to be implied. Illusions, right. In the same way that, you know, the Roy family is based off the Murdochs and that the news network that they're making fun of is Fox, um, you know, and that, you know, the higher ups are the ones that are directing the the coverage and the editorial skew. Uh, so I think that's, you know, pretty clear for the most part. But, you know, going back to Shiv, we really see her now on- you know, the path to trying to prove herself to her father um, that that she should be 
uh, next in line. And, you know, we, we see Kendall watching all of this unfold and, you know, Kendall saying like, look, like good luck, Shiv, like I'm now fighting this guy. So, you know, like I was in your position, it didn't work, you know, and it's not going to work for you. Um, but just in terms of like the stakes of it all, you know, this episode, we're four days out from the shareholders meeting. Um, we get a great, uh, guest star in Adrian Brody, who plays this, um, uh, you know, shareholder who's concerned about what's going on. And, you know, we see Kendall and Logan get together, um, in the most precarious of ways. So what was kind of like, your first reaction at the top of the episode when, um, you know, it was looking like that they were eventually going to meet again. Little Lord fuck Lord. <laughs> um, yeah. I was so excited to see like them have a private moment before mm-hmm. uh, going to Adrian Brody's house, which outside bar, but I'm not sure. Like this Adrian Brody must be huge because that's all anyone is talking about. And I'm like, I, have, I don't know this man. What is he in? Why is he such a big deal? Like, I, I'm not taking anything away from him. I don't disbelieve that he's an important person, but like, it's all anyone, even before the season aired, they're like, Adrian, did you hear Adrian Brody? I'm like, hmm, okay. But I'm not really sure like why he's such a big deal, but shout out to him. I would like to see like, you know, Logan and Kendall talk before they even met him, but they wouldn't even ride on like the same plane together and Kendall chose at the last moment to just like drive up there so mm-hmm. I was like well I don't know why they wouldn't give us that but then when I watched it the second time and then I watched the little inside the episode kind of thing where Brian Cox was like there's too they can't say anything because there's like too much to say and I'm like you know what that's true like this is not a little argument this is not something that Kendall did just to piss um Logan off it's, it's too serious so we yeah. shouldn't really have any dialogue from them and the only dialogue that we really like get from them is when they're walking back from the hike and then you see like yeah Kendall's still gonna have to take care of his dad even though he's like feuding with his dad right what did you think about them like not even talking before the meeting yeah I mean the stage was definitely set right like you kind of were expecting um, a big battle at least, you know, four days out from the shareholders meeting. And instead it's this very, um, subtle, uh, delicate kind of situation that they're both in where it's like, okay, here's this guy that owns 4% of the company who wants to talk to both of us. And it's almost like neither one of us wins if, you know, the investor goes with Stewie instead of with us. So we kind of need to like right. pause our, you know, we need to have a, a truce, you know, a, or not a truce, a ceasefire for the time being um, in order to, you know, at least not both lose, right? So I thought right from the beginning, I was like, oh my God, this is just a perfect kind of setup of like their first kind of meeting together since the blow up is going to be, um, you know, something that, that they're going to kind of have to work together, but there's no way that they're going to work together. And I think the silence throughout the episode was, you know, really the most powerful part where it's like, they're not going to say anything to each other. You know, they're both kind of speaking um, out of turn and, you know, it's just so obvious that, you know, Josh, the investor, like can see that there's 
a real feud and he just wants to get to the bottom of it. So it's like, look, Kendall, I'll take your side, but you got to tell me what you have on him. Um, you know, and obviously Kendall doesn't say anything. And then, you know, Logan makes that speech at the end where he's like, look, I really love my son. He potentially does have what it takes, um, which was this really touching moment. Um, and I think, you know, that was just like another trick from Logan where it's like, okay, you know, let's see if Kendall will come across the aisle, if I extend like an olive wrench, but I think Kendall has dug his heels in the sand and he's, he's made his decision and he is going after his father and he's not going to stop. And, you know, he won't say anything in front of the investor that's going to ruin things for him. But, you know, when they're walking up on the beach before Logan collapses, he's like whispering in his ear, like you're done, you're old, everyone's going to abandon you. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, you know, Kendall okay. knows where he stands. What do you think about them going out there to to the, this island mm-hmm. in the first place? And we find out that his kid really isn't sick. Yeah. So do you think that it was a setup? Like, yeah. for this guy to see where 100%. both of them are? And I think, okay. yeah, I think to an extent, you know, even though the actions of what happened there was so interesting to watch and, you know, a great, um, you know, like power struggle between Logan and um, Kendall and, you know, and then the investor, I think at the end of the end of the day, the fact that they even showed up just shows that they've already lost because, yeah. you know, from the very beginning, he's like, look, like I only own 4% of this thing you know, the stock price is tumbled and I've lost 350 million. And he's like, and he's like, Oh, it's a lot for me, but I know it's a lot for you. Um, And when he, you know, when he was kind of like saying all that, I was like, Oh my God, like it just goes to show, like we can't even fathom how wealthy the Roy's are. You know, this guy is a shareholder that owns 4% of the company, which is, you know, small, but still significant. And he lives in this like futuristic mansion out on the Hamptons. you know, but still the fact that he's even able to summon them is viewed as like a loss. Like in the past, Logan wouldn't even bat an eye to go see him. So I think there was a, it just shows. Right. He'd probably like send like Tom to go see him or something. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's insane because at first I thought, I thought at first that he was in cahoots with Logan because mm-hmm. of him telling Kendall, like, basically back down. But then as the episode went on and what happened with Logan, like, kind of, you know, losing his footing and having to take a break and then eventually almost collapsing and Kendall has to physically hold him up. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe he actually, like, set both of them up. Yeah, He wanted to see how, uh, you know, he wanted to see if Kendall would back down. But then he also wanted to, purposely kind of like see where Logan's health is at right so it's like it was two two in one kind of thing and he saw that (laughs) he saw exactly what was going on that they tried to cover up so bad totally and I think it it also comes down to like and I know I've said this in in a previous episode of ours and I hope I'm not like looking at the show too literally but I really do find it crazy that Logan hasn't at least you know put some kind of succession plan in place like just from a pure business standpoint, like in the first season when he got sick, like everybody, like it's just common sense. Like when an older CEO gets sick, like everybody gets nervous, the investors, the family, people that work at the company. 
you know, so for him to kind of just still be like dragging his feet on all of this as things are clearly getting worse for him, um, you know, I just find to be like a very like, uh, I don't know, unsatisfying part of the part of the show. I also know that the whole point of the show was like, who will be the successor and what does it take to be Logan Roy? So I get it, but um, yeah. I, so I just, you think that in season three, Mm-hmm. There should be like on paper a successor, like at, at this point in the series. Yes, I think I believe that succession will go to new heights if and when a new successor is actually named, and the following seasons can be how the siblings react to who the new person in charge is and how oh. they kind of continue to battle for it. Like, it's interesting to see them all fight, but like, I want to see Connor try to make his own moves against, let's just say Shiv, who's the CEO, who's now the CEO versus him trying to pull her into back rooms and, you know, demand just absurd stuff. So yeah, that's, that's kind of like how I find, um, or what, 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 what I find would make the show more satisfying. It's like, you kind of have to like turn the level, the lever one step further. Um, and, you know, granted there's been three seasons of this, right? I mean, tell me if you disagree, but I, I just think it would be more satisfying if like by the end of the season, one of the um, Roy siblings are in power for then the next season, everybody to react to and try to make moves against. That is that does make me think about it in a different way because you would have a lot of like fights and arguments and power plays and sneak disses and snipers from the side <laughs> if mm-hmm. there was like a named successor on paper just in case something happens but then at the same time I feel like we're kind of getting that in the element of who is like temporary CEO which is currently Jerry yeah so that's why I'm I guess I'm satisfied in that area but I do see your point. Yeah. And speaking of like, you know, usually people just think that automatically kind of like when a king dies, it goes to like their firstborn son. Connor is like completely out of the, out oh of the my gosh. He's, he doesn't yeah. even want to run the food and wine festival, which I feel like that's a good gig. Would you not want to run the food 100%. and wine festival while your siblings fight for the death of a company that's like yeah. under scrutiny right now? I mean, that, that scene with Shiv was so good because just from the top, he's like, look, I know I'm not going to be the, the next president. And Shiv's like, okay, good. Like, you know, you're finally coming to terms. He's like, yet. <laughs> However, yeah, he's like in four years, in four years. So he's like, I need to just come in, get some big wins on mm-hmm. my resume. And she's looking, I'm like, what in the, like, what's going on? Um, and, you know, I just love the fact that all of these minor characters right now have leverage, quote unquote, yeah. you know, from Connor to um, Greg, who just had a fantastic episode of, you know, him trying to navigate, you know, what he wants. Um, and I always find it funny when, um, like, Greg or, or other minor characters try to articulate, like, how they see themselves in the power structure of it all. And Greg's like, yeah, like, I really see myself, like, running an amusement park. <laughs> Are you okay? So listen, the, your thing last episode was that Greg was like bumbling and fumbling even more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you 
are you are you satisfied with his position and what he asked for and what he's going to do in this episode yes i finally got what i was looking for with greg i feel like where he's sitting down with logan and he's like look like you know even though he's like acting like an idiot with his little rum and coke he's like look like i know I have leverage and I'm not going to, you know, really agree to anything until I really think it through. And then granted he ended up signing, you know, that the, whatever the paperwork was, which wasn't really explained, but that he's now on team Logan. Um, but yeah, I mean, he made, you know, he made his point to Tom. He's like, look, I want to become an executive and, and, you know, run these amusement parks. And I think in some ways, like Greg has a really smart approach. Like he knows he won't, be the CEO, but he's like, look, I can kind of build my own little empire over here. And <laughs> go you know, home on the weekends. Yeah, like... go <laughs> fly home on the weekends, which is like, okay. Um, and you know, that's why I think Tom kind of had that subtle freak out where he's like, it's just funny that you're making these demands and I'm planning on going to jail. Um, so he's checking out jails in oh the my gosh. And then, okay, so these, it's so funny how he's literally, because that's how it works for the ultra rich, just like the dude who planned Fire Festival, like he's in jail, but he's <laughs> in jail where he literally gets to go play tennis, they, they eat like filet mignon, like it's not even in jail, like yeah. it's on my, I guess this is maybe, maybe not the best day of my life, but that, like, I wouldn't mind going to the jail that the fire festival guy went to. That's the same one <laughs> that the situation went to too. Like it's right. not really a jail. Like you go in there, you get fit and you literally make friends. Like it's a networking event in yeah. those uber rich jails. He's like picking a but, camp almost like a sleepaway camp yeah. to go to. Um, Insane. Yeah. I think it, it's definitely become my favorite like running joke of the, of the season, just because like, Tom got himself into this and now he's like realizing the choices that he's made. And he's like, yep, like I'm terminal Tom now, like this is who I am. And, you know, you can just see, and I don't think he's really reached it yet, but you can see he's bubbling and he's reaching like another breaking point that we saw last season when he like grabbed Logan's chicken and like, just kind of like, like snapped for a little bit. Like, I think that's coming for him in a bigger way. We just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say, do you think it's going to be bigger than oh, 100%. that moment? Like, 100%. do we think that Tom might be, might go and cooperate with like the FBI or some shit? Like, do you think that he might make a huge, crazy like move because he's in this position where he's kind of like fucked and his wife really doesn't care about him and he's realizing things even more and even more, like even Greg has his shit together? Yeah. Yeah. I think he totally could be like the whistleblower out of all of this. That's just really surprising. You know, like he's talking to Shiv about the best way to make, you know, toilet wine. And he's like, ah, I can't drink toilet wine at room temperature. And she's like, I don't even know what to say to you. Like, you're literally just losing it, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Tom is just like ready, ready to go to jail, but you know, the, the the funniest thing about it is that he was the one that brought this up to begin with. And yeah, like, and I don't think he thought it through. Um, I also wanted to make the point of how quickly, like, Greg switched from Kindle. And, you know, before the, the credits, mm. even, well, not before the credits roll, I think it was like right after the credits roll, he's like, oh, he's going to go and he's going to intimidate you. But something right. about a rooster, Greg says, like, do do do. Yeah. And like, before you know it he's already team logan so i'm wondering like what what did he ever have a chance like did kindle 
ever have a chance I mean, to have Greg on his side, realistically. I think Greg is such a funny character because he represents like in all of this, just like a young person that is just hungry for success and is kind of down to do whatever it takes to get there and down to align himself to do whatever it takes to get there. Um, so I think for him, he's like, okay, what's the big shiny object? Like, is it Kendall like offering me a watch? No. Okay, cool. Then I'm going with team Logan so I could have an amusement park. Like, it's just like, he's bobbling back and forth. And I think the funny thing about Greg is that he is so indecisive. Like he's always been so indecisive about everything, um, where like, now we actually have some leverage and he like still doesn't really know, like, even though he signed the paperwork, like, is he really on team Logan? Like, we don't know. Right. Like Kendall could offer something even bigger, uh, to him next episode and he might flip and flop back. So yeah, I don't know, but I think, um, no matter what happens, we're just going to see more of like fumbling Greg, just chasing the big shiny, uh, carrot, wherever that may be. For sure. But yeah. I mean, same. I, I kind of also just feel like Greg is just scared shitless of Logan, which he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think he always, he, he knows in the back of his head is that he also has his own, he has his own grandpa, mm-hmm. which he also has a, you know, like right. a, a spot in the decision making too so greg is not ever really like screwed in the way that he in the way that it seemed that he would be screwed like in the way that tom could be screwed what what do you think his relationship with his grandfather is and do you think like at the end of the day he will act to like do right by his grandfather because we haven't really seen a lot of it but i I am curious you know that's a good question it's because we we saw in like the Thanksgiving episode that he was mm-hmm. the one responsible to go and get him and ride with him with no music for however many hours. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he would actually, since he's around the Roy f- family, like the immediate Roy family more, I feel like he would do more of what Logan says more than his own grandfather. What about you? Yeah. I, I think he would still follow Logan to an extent. I think we haven't really seen his grandfather's full wrath yet. Like this is a guy that's like brothers with Logan Roy. Like this guy is serious. And we know that he yeah. has a lot of money. We don't really know how, like, it's not like he is credited with like building Waystar as far as the show has shared, but we do know that he is this like kind of powerful shadowy kind of figure. So And we also know that he commands a lot of respect. So I think that it's just a matter of, you know, like, will Greg ever have a sit down with him where his grandfather's like, no, 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 like you actually need to follow what I'm about to tell you to do. And Greg's like, okay, like, does he pull Greg in line or at the end of the day, does he just like not care? And, you know, we'll say, look, Greg, like you're not gonna get my inheritance. And maybe like Greg's like, okay, fine. Your inheritance was only 2 million. Like we don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think that was like ever fully shared with us. Um, yeah. But yeah, I am interested to see like, you know, what will happen um, with that. But, you know, it's just interesting that, and I wrote this down while I was watching, um, but 
there is this kind of like chain of uh, like punching bags, so to speak, where it's like Logan is kind of now like, you know, really like pushing Shiv really hard to do, you know, his dirty work. And now Shiv is making Tom her punching bag. And then at the very end of the line, you know, Tom then goes to Greg and kind of pushes him around. But it's just interesting that in terms of the stakes of it all, you know, the stakes are much higher for Tom at the end of the road than they are for Greg, um, which I thought was interesting to see in this episode. And you literally see it, right, from the beginning where, you know, uh, Logan's, you know, giving the directive to Shiv and then Shiv gives it to Tom. And then, you know, Tom like literally walks into Greg's office and it's like, I just got yelled at, you know, by (laughs) the head of ATN. So... (laughs) Um, and then he just wants to fight. And Greg is like, I don't, I don't want to fight. Yeah, yeah. What did you? I mean, we have to talk about it about the, uh, you know, the, um, the story, the story, the Nero and Sporus uh, story. I didn't that... understand it. Like, I'll just be a hundred percent honest. I didn't understand what he if he was being sarcastic, if it was a sincere moment, if it was a warning. Like, what did he mean? by saying that he would marry him any day because that 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 whole situation is just fucked up no matter how you look at it yeah i mean it's definitely like a like a you know some kind of uh short story about you know someone who is this like great teacher who has this uh mentee that you know something happens where he gets to a point where you know maybe the the teacher goes crazy, kills his wife, and then marries his mentee, right? Like, that's kind of, like, what it is, and and that's what Tom tells to Greg, like, oh, sometimes I wish I can, you know, just, like, castrate you and, and marry you, and I think it's, it goes back to what I was saying before about, like, the punching bag of it all is, like, I think, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes Tom just wants to, like, say to Greg, like, you know, I just wish that like you could feel some of the pressure that I'm under at all times. And, you know, you're lucky that I bring you under my wing. And, you know, I was the one that, you know, told you to destroy these cruise documents. And like, I kind of brought you into like this inner circle of power that, that I'm operating in. But at the end of the day, you know, you'll always just be some guy that I mentor and yes, you have some leverage now, but you're never really going to be one of the big players that I'm trying to go for. Um, you know. Okay, it, so that's how yeah. you interpreted it. I literally didn't know how to interpret it. Like, I listened to the story. Of course, I was like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> I listened to him say the line. And then I was like, is this a warning? Is this jealousy? Is this sincere? Like, what do you mean? Why are you yeah. telling this? <laughs> Well, and it's also important to realize like Tom isn't, you know, blood family, but Greg is. So I think there's also a little bit of jealousy. Like Tom's like to Greg, like, I wish I, you know, like, I wish I could have you as my wife, but like, I wish I could like have you and and be you and be part of your actual family because I'm just married into this. And even my own wife treats me like crap. So I think that's kind of more how how Tom deals with his relationship. Yeah, but there's a lot of ways to to kind of um, look at it all. Um, Roman. Roman. Oh, my God. The Tattoo Brothers and Jerry. And her date. I wonder who she's dating. Like, okay, so real life, what celebrity or like public figure or political figure do you see Jerry dating? 
Oh, maybe like, uh, like secretly, like a Gerard Butler. A type. Gerard Butler. Yes. Oh my like, God. like just like a rugged action star that like she would just have a good time with, and like if any rumors came out, she'd be like, no. What a <laughs> my God! I love that. What about you? I didn't think of Gerard. I wish I would have thought of that one. I was thinking like, I don't know, like Chris Cuomo or someone. Yeah, maybe. But she I but, actually like Gerard Butler better though. She might want to yeah. get away from like the political. I was gonna say she's too smart. Serious. Yeah. Yeah, she's a queen. She like, wouldn't implement her. Or yeah, she wouldn't. Yeah, she wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> Gerard Butler and Jerry, we said it right here. On there we go. Podcast. Boom. Let's make so it happen. So if you guys see them talking, or if he makes a cameo, you know, I, HBO, you own the IP, as Greg yeah, would call it. But exactly. We thought of it. Okay. Um, but what did you think of the whole kind of tattoo storyline, where you know this is kind of our first or one of the first like lessons? that Jerry is really, really pushing onto Roman, where Roman's kind of like going out and like trying to, to get some leverage against Kendall. And, you know, Jerry's giving her her opinion and saying, look, like this tattoo guy is, you know, it's not going to look good for you. And that's right. how you need to, to look at this. Um, like, what did you think of that whole storyline this episode? And, um, you know, how do you look at Jerry and Roman's relationship from it? It just goes to show why he's not like ready yet, mm-hmm. because he he's not realizing like the blow black the blowback that he would get from the same situation here, mm-hmm. which was weird. Well, maybe not weird, but it was interesting to see that in the last episode he didn't want to sign the letter because he thought it was too cruel, which I felt like it kind of wasn't. Me and some people on the internet have different ideas the letter was too cruel because he asked him to kind of like take care of him in like an episode from the last season or the season before mm-hmm. meanwhile i'm like um, i think it's public knowledge that kindle is all these things so it's not that bad so i was confused that roman didn't want to sign the letter because it would be out there forever mm-hmm. but he was willing to go get this homeless guy who right. initials are tatted into his forehead which is kind of i feel like worse in a sense yeah. So he needs the guidance of Jerry to not like self-destruct. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there was a great line that came out of it at the end where Jerry, you know, says to Roman, like, you need to to think, how will this advance me forward for every step that you take? Like, how will this move the needle for me? And yep. yeah, I mean, it's what you said, like Roman's not ready, you know, whether this is an intentional thing from uh, you know, the writers, or maybe it's just, you know, to some extent, he's kind of been moved into this, you know, position where he's just like a comedic foil for the series instead of an actual power player. I just feel like at least in this season, as each episode goes by, he's just like lower and lower in the power rankings of someone that will eventually be the CEO of Waystar. I mean, maybe, you know, if somehow Jerry wins at the end of the day and is the long-term CEO, maybe he somehow ends up as it. But I think it just shows like he has childlike instincts and everything that he does. Um, And even when he's looking good in front of his father, he's still dropping the ball. So I don't know, like maybe it, this is just me in this episode, but I felt that I'm starting to care a little bit less about him 
as a character. Like he's just like the funny guy that just wants to, you know, get it with Jerry. And besides that, he's not like a legit candidate for. So before we were saying that we might have to watch out for Roman because we don't really know where his alliances lie. And now you're saying since we are almost midway through the season Mm -hmm. that he's less of a worry because of this episode. Yeah, I think I went from thinking, you know, he is like, we don't know his motivations to maybe it doesn't matter what his motivations are because he's maybe just never he doesn't gonna, know his motivations. Right, exactly. And because that maybe, you know, he just won't succeed. Um, and, you know, like at the end of the day, like, is he just like a funny character that, you know, is obviously one of the siblings, but at the end of the day, like, like he just becomes this character that everyone that's watching is just waiting for him to hook up with Jerry and that's it. But then, you know, I'm glad you brought that up is that he could be just like a funny character, but then we would have three of those. We would have Greg, we would have Tom, and then we would have Roman that are like the comic relief characters. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like from at least one of the three, we need to be looking out for someone. So right. who would you be, out of the comedic characters, who would you think would either advance the company further or, like, get them in more trouble? Hmm. It, but Shiv is not part of that. Shiv isn't a part of it because she's not a comedic character right. to me. As much. Like, okay. she's, she's unexperienced, but she's not there for comic relief. Well, she has her funny moments, but, you know, like, these characters are the ones... That yeah. are written that way on purpose. I mean, probably Roman just because of his relationship with Jerry. You know, like he had, he does at least have a legitimate mentor. Like Connor doesn't really. <laughs> Connor, you know, Connor's mentor is probably his girlfriend, right? Um, and you know, Greg. Did not stand him. Yeah, exactly. So they're both so like floating out in the ether that I don't think it matters, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens as the as the season develops. I mean, right now I just feel like all of the action is so focused on Kendall and Logan and then Shiv trying to prove herself. You know, it's like, you know, one and two and then Shiv is just like right under them. Um, and then everyone else is trying to position themselves to, to honestly deal with the fallout of whoever wins. And, you know, it's it's interesting that this is what the show at this point has come to, but... Um, you know, I really do think that that's kind of the the state of play as of right now. Yeah, for sure. So what did you think about Adrian Brody's character, like, overall? I loved him. I loved the fact that he was kind of, like, schlubby, like, just kind of wearing, like, a hoodie, you know, like, his he definitely, knees, like, whatever. Yeah, like, his net worth is probably, you know, only a measly, like, one or two billion dollars, you know, Insane. and that's why... Right. And that's why he's surprised that they even went out to talk to him. Um, I don't know. Do you think he's going to be in future episodes? I, I feel like this was just like a guest spot for one episode. Um, I, it just depends on what, which was my next question is that what's up with Stewie? Um, yeah. I mean, there was know. that that moment at the end that, you know, we see, I mean, is there anything, um, <laughs> is there anything like, more similar to that SpongeBob meme where Squidward's looking out the window and SpongeBob and Patrick are like running out <laughs> and like having, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw that all over Twitter last night, um, you know, where, you know, Kendall is sitting on the plane, kind of reflecting on what happened over the course of the episode and he looks out the window and, you know, there's Stewie with, with Josh and, 
it's very clear which way, you know, Josh is, is going. So things aren't looking good going into the, um, into the shareholders meeting. Oh my God. The shareholders meeting is stressing me out and I'm not even a, yeah. I'm not even a titular character to the show. But. <laughs> <laughs> and it's coming up. So, you know, next episode in the teaser, it looks like that that's, you know, kind of what the whole Let's episode see. is going to cover. So like, where do you, like, where's your head at going into it? Like, what do you think is going to happen? I think that like Logan's gonna lose control. I think because of just what happened with um, this episode. But you know what? He was on the phone with the president, and he actually like wasn't breaking a sweat. Mm-hmm. So let me take that back because it's weird. He had like almost just well, he didn't. I guess we're exaggerating when we say he almost died. But he did show his weakness during that mm-hmm. episode and he couldn't cover it up as much as he wanted to cover it up. Right. But he's not even like breaking a sweat about it. Um, so I don't know. I really don't even, what do you think? Yeah, well, you just made a good point because I feel like Logan, you know, this season, you've really been able to see his weaknesses coming through and the fact that he legitimately is struggling. But at the same time, he still has that confidence. He still has that kind of killer swagger about yeah. him where it's like, you know, I almost want to like shake him and say like, Hey, don't you know that you're on the verge of losing? Like, don't you know, you're, you're actually about to like, you like shake. <laughs> well, you, you know, maybe if I was like, uh, related to him, not if I was the guy that has to, you know, ferry him around or whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's this weird situation. I mean, it looks like, you know, from the teaser that Stewie, um, and Kendall have some kind of conversation where, uh, Kendall tries to make a last ditch effort to, to, you know, try to patch things up. So I don't know, going into the next episode of, yeah. of what's going to happen. I'm unsure in my life. Yeah. Well, about this, at least. I'm unsure about a lot of things, but I haven't been more unsure about succession and which way is it going to go in my life? Because I feel like Logan has a lot of confidence, but we did just see like a lot of things like happen with him mm-hmm. and, and also just Kendall, like, do you think that Kendall took Logan's speech about him taking over one day and having to, you know, they have to just do a payout and then Kendall will take over whatever. Do you think that he took that speech to heart? I think yes and no. I think, you know, he can sit there and, and you know, feel these, like, and feel good about what his father said about him. But I think the line that's stuck in Kendall's head from last season is you're not a killer, which means that, you know, if Kendall wants to um, take over the company, he needs to be a killer. And I think- Gotta go through with it no matter what. Exactly. And that's what being a killer is. You have to make that final decision. You have to take out your father. And I think Logan is, you know, in some ways, you know, doing everything he can to remain in control, but you know, Kendall knows what he needs to do. And I think at the end of the day, Logan knows what Kendall needs to do. Yeah. So the line is drawn and that's that. Um, the last thing that I wanted to end on before we go into, you know, the power rankings of, or whatnot is um, the title of this episode is called Lion in the Meadow, right? What do you, well, what do you think it means? Like literally a meadow is like a, like a garden with like, a bunch of greenery and a lion is like the strong figure and that's exactly what we saw we saw logan who's the lion and they're all outside in this greenery in this hiking trail that 
felt like they were going more towards the ocean for some reason. I felt like it was it was representative, like a metaphor for the episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't like necessarily look into like the historical meaning of the phrase, but I did, I do kind of think of it in two ways. One is similar to the way that that you just said it, like, you know, these two uh, lions kind of going at it, you know, in the meadow, which is this kind of calm, beautiful environment, but, you know, the, the chaos between the two, you know, lions that are fighting in it. Um, I also look at it as like lion in the meadow, like the word lion actually being lying. So like the fact that they were all out there having this conversation about, you know, what Josh should do going into the board meeting um, and, you know, literally lying, right? Like he's lying to the, uh, to Kendall and Logan by saying that, Hey, I want to hear you out where the reality is the fact that they showed up maybe his decisions already made and Logan and Kendall are both lying to him in that they're not going to patch it up. They're not going to make amends. You know, there's a war going on internally and no matter what happens, that war is going to continue. And then I also think you can interpret it as lying as in like lying down where, you know, Logan falls down and he's lying and maybe- That's maybe why you thought he was going to die. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) That, I mean, I know it's a- it's a creative interpretation, but I do think like, you know, like if you say it out loud, lying in the meadow, someone lying down in the meadow, wounded, getting close to dying. So yeah, I did think uh, a few times in the episode that this could be the end of Logan and maybe this is foreshadowing something bigger that's coming. You know, what happens if Stewie does- trying to kill Logan so bad. Yeah. And that is stressing me out. I know, because I, now I'm just going to think take. about, okay, maybe he's going to die on the season finale, you know? Yeah. Because this literally did not go through my mind, like, at all. Like, even from the beginning of the season, I'm like, there's, I didn't go into this thinking that, okay, by the season's end, or even the season finale, Logan will be dead and will have a successor. Mm-hmm. But now that you bring it up, I'm, I am thinking about it and how how I said, I think it was two episodes ago, that season three, something major always happens, just like with Game of Thrones. That's when we had the Red right. Wedding. Exactly. So Prestige TV. mind-blowing yeah. has to happen yes. during season three, and yeah. it just might be the death of Logan Roy if I'm looking Jason for it. wrote it. I'm looking for it. Did you it. say you're rooting for it? No, I said I'm looking for it. I'm seeing... You're looking for it? I'm seeing if it's something that's going to happen in a season, because it's, you know, all great television shows of the past decade have had these moments that completely twist the show and you know we're going in a 180 tailspin and we're going to see what happens now and so far the first three seasons have all been about who will be uh the successor to logan roy and it's him kind of continuously dragging his feet yes there's a lot of drama yes there's a lot of humor but he hasn't really picked anybody and is this a show about him picking somebody or is this a show about what does it take to be Logan Roy? And I think in order for that space to open up for any of the characters in the series to, to kind of take that spot, he needs to, to go away. Um, whether that's yeah. via jail, via stepping down or dying. So Okay, so dark, there's but... multiple ways to kill Logan Roy. He can also yeah. go to jail. 
hundred percent. hundred percent. And he could also be, well, I can always see him like, you know, stepping down. We already got Jerry in the yeah. temporary CEO spot, which brings us to our titular question. Yes. Um, you go first because I need to think about mine. All right. So short-term, short-term CEO, I think, hmm. I think should still be Jerry because nothing's really changed. She's still asserting her opinion. She's on the phone with Kendall. Um, You know, I think all things considered, she is doing a decent job of at least keeping things moving forward somewhat. I do want to see her. I, I am curious what will happen with her at the shareholders meeting. I think if she doesn't like step up and do something big, I don't know if I will say that she should be the, continue to be the short-term CEO. Um, I think, I think next episode is a big Jerry moment for us. Like we need to see something big and I think she'll, I think she'll deliver. My um, God, you're a savage. You're trying to kill Logan. You're trying to tell <laughs> Jerry to like, to like shit get off the pot basically. Yeah. Like, are you writing the show right now? I don't, I, I, I'm just sharing what I, you know, what my prediction should be or how I, what I would love to see as a viewer that would just take the show to another level and just, you know, take it supersonic as Kendall would say, which leads to my long-term CEO pick. Um, you know, I've said in the past Shiv, um, it changed yeah, after this episode. It changed. This episode changed your feelings about Greg, your yeah. feelings about Roman. Mm-hmm. I'm just recapping. Mm-hmm. And now your feelings about who the long-term should be. I'm feeling Are you punchy. Team Kendall? I'm team Kendall now. You know, we saw him yeah. hold a line. Oh, His yeah. father said, you know, oh, he's yeah. like, I love you. I really do think oh, you yeah. could take the job one day. And in turn, Kendall's like shouting into his ear as his father's like gagging and almost dying, you know, walking through the beaches of the Hamptons. So, you know, we're starting to see the killer instinct set in. Um, you know, this episode, you know, they're both wearing their matching hats. Uh, and I think, you know, like Kendall has that signature hat. We've also seen Logan wear it, but I think we're now the fact that we both see them wearing it. It's almost like they're both on an equal playing field, you know, like Kendall's like, like, uh, yeah, yeah, he's entered like a, a new form of power and strength. So, I mean, I think he could take it home, you know, we'll see. So you think he's a killer now? I, I think he's almost there. You know, let's see if he has a relapse and does drugs or, you know, like something crazy happens, but he's holding steadfast. And we haven't seen that from him in the past. He's usually very wishy-washy. He's usually unsure of himself. And, but now he's on, you know, this righteous crusade to gain power and kick his father out. And yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So temporarily it's going to be Shiv just because, I like to see her stress out Tom. Um, and in the I'm always a Kindle in game girl and I have not wavered. Nice. So I can't wait to see my sad king take <laughs> over. But what's gonna, you know, it might change my feelings about Kindle overall because even though I'm like, you, you got to be a killer. You got to go in for the kill. You have to stay strong. You have to give them what you have in the papers. You need to like do whatever it is to be in that suit, then in that seat. If he does it, I might be like, well, that was fucked up, Kendall. So I don't mm. know. I might, 
my feelings might be like all over the place. Interesting. But, like right now, I love Kendall. Like I would die for him, even though he would die. <laughs> he doesn't care. He would not die for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care about us like at all. But if he does what he needs to do to become the next Logan Roy, to become the successor like I want him to be, I might have to sacrifice my like for him. Interesting. And that's just so you think that. the series could end with Kendall in power, but essentially him being the most hated character in the show. Yep. Yep. I like that. It would prediction. be hard to feel bad for him. I could see that. I could definitely because see that. Because if he if he delivers that final kill, especially if it if Logan does die, and what about they if Logan dies and they're not like on good terms? Or he does something like really fucked up, or like he sends him off to jail. I'm not gonna forgive Kendall for that, even though I'm telling him to do it. It's just like I'm, I'm gonna hate him. Yeah, it's like you literally did what you needed to do, but that just shows that you're another Logan, and we don't right. really need another Logan. We need we need like a ship. We need a Jerry to carry us into the future. Right, but the wheel will keep on turning, and it's just another yeah. Logan Roy that. Takes, exactly. I mean, it's definitely a dark view you know it's a dark view yeah. of the world that the show could very well um portray instead of you know it's also very greater. realistic though like these three yeah. years don't give a fuck about us they are very yeah. racist they are very anti-semitic they are yes very, they are <laughs> very much these people on the show yeah. but since they are fictional characters it's okay to problematically love them so 100 percent. and i think that's why succession <laughs> is such a good show and that you know it's this this group of people that you know yeah the only one is, that we would be friends with and well for me i would only be friends with greg really right like maybe you'd especially be like, when he was like oh the 60s an amazing time <laughs> not for some people though right like, exactly greg <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank yeah you. yeah i mean it is interesting i think maybe at a, a later episode we would we should talk about like why succession is such a popular show like what draws everybody to this world of these billionaires you know are you saying it should be also titled what sucked you into succession yes what what sucked you into succession and i think uh we can end it at that um yeah so, you know, thank you guys so much for listening. Please continue to follow uh, SuckPod on Instagram and, um, you know, enjoy a, a cold glass of wine this week on- Or you know, rum and Coke. Coke. We don't judge. Or rum, rum and Coke with no ice. But, um, you know, white wine, cold glass of white wine on an empty stomach, uh, I think is better. We both think is better, so- <laughs> And we'll talk to you next week, guys, after the after the big Stewie episode and also, in your opinion, a big Jerry episode. Yes. And we'll see if Jason is still trying to kill Logan Roy and flip that one here. All right, bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye guys.